Hey, hey, I'm Danielle Ryan, and this is Adulting 101. Being an adult is stressful, and this podcast was specifically designed to help you navigate the crazy world of adulthood. So buckle up, and let's get into the episode. I would like to begin today's episode by acknowledging the indigenous peoples of the lands that this episode is being recorded on, in particular the Chippewas of Rama and Wata Mohawk First Nations. While we meet today virtually, wherever you're listening in from in the world, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge the importance of the lands, which we call home, and wish to honor indigenous history and culture and commit to moving forward in the spirit of reconciliation and respect with all First Nation, Métis, and Inuit people. What is up, my beautiful, wonderful friends? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to May 31st. Can you believe it? May is already over. I am just absolutely losing my mind over here. How has your month been? Please let me know. I guess you can't really. There's no comment section here on a podcast, but I appreciate you for taking the time to show up and let me talk in your ears, whether you're out for a walk, maybe you're driving your car, maybe you're sitting in your office. Hey, hi, hello. Reach out to me. Let me know how you're doing. I want to check in with everyone and just sort of hear what you've been up to. Me? I've been attending school full-time. I've been working in my business full-time. I've been waiting for it to be June 14th here in Ontario so we can start doing some yoga again. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. And I'm so excited to be here bringing you this week's episode. Would you believe it if I told you that I have friends in real life who I didn't meet on the internet who know me as a person, and I met them when I was a real human in real life and we could go places and meet people. Well, if you answered no, guess what? You're wrong because this week's guest is a real life friend of mine. Sorry, this is why I don't have a record deal. I don't actually know how to sing. Yeah, I'm really excited about this week's episode, if you can't tell. I met this week's guest at my yoga teacher training three years ago now in Portugal. Almost to the day, actually. That's so crazy. We met in June of 2018, and we were both completing our 200-hour yoga teacher training. We spent 21 beautiful days together in the Algarve of Portugal, and I am forever grateful for that experience and for the relationships that I was able to develop in that time, Martina being one of them, and I am so excited for you to get to know her and to hear her story If you are someone who has ever struggled with feelings of self-doubt, self-worth, overcoming struggle and hardship, this is going to be the episode for you. Martina is a London-based yoga teacher who is determined to help others through yoga. Her mission as a teacher is to create a safe and non-judgmental space to allow her students to grow at their own pace. And I really appreciate this approach that Martina takes in both her classes and her life. Knowing her personally, I can 100% advocate for the fact that She is all about sort of finding this balance between modern science and the wisdom that is rooted in traditional yoga practice. She loves to be curious and she encourages every single person that she comes across to do the exact same. Her biggest mission is to empower people to develop their practice, to feel confident both on and off their yoga mat. And her favorite saying is yoga ethic over yoga aesthetic and don't rush something that you want to last forever. She is so excited to be sharing her journey and her understanding of the limbs of yoga with all of you. And I am so excited for you to listen to our conversation. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the episode. Hello, Martina. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? 
I am so good and I am so excited that we are finally connecting here on Adulting 101. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Hi everyone, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Martina. I live in London. I'm a yoga teacher, but I prefer to think of myself as a, I'm a professional cheerleader because <laughs> despite not being an actual cheerleader, I like to think a part of my job is to cheering on my students and friends. I love that so much. And, you know, I actually often talk about this sort of our identity and how our default is always when someone says like, oh, introduce yourself. You're like, oh, my name is this and I do this. And I'm like, as humans, we're so much more than just like what we do to pay the bills. And so I love that you sort of select that, like I am the cheerleader, because I think that you, knowing you personally, you really encompass that both in your professional life, but also in your personal life in terms of like how you are with your friends and the people that you care about that sort of translates across both sides. So I really, I really appreciate that you took that opportunity to introduce yourself as a cheerleader. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thanks for that. Yeah. I, I, I actually was thinking the same thing. I was like, we're not just at the one title. We have so much more than just what our job is, what our profession is. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later in the interview, but I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit about sort of what it is that you do day to day, maybe that's in your career, in your life, sort of where you're at right now, especially like we're all still navigating coronavirus, trying to figure out like, what am I doing with my life? So I would love to hear sort of where you're at right now. So at the moment, as a yoga teacher, obviously the whole industry been turned upside down. Uh, COVID has allowed us to teach in person and in studios. So we've all really hard tried to figure it out how to manage our business online. This has been very tricky, but my story really began when I was 18. I come from Poland, where I was growing up. It was a quite toxic environment and I had a choice to stay and probably don't live very fulfilled life or to move abroad and do something else and go somewhere where I felt people were a lot more open-minded and when I had more prospects. So that's what I did when I was 18. I decided not to go to uni in Poland and I basically ran away and moved to London. I really wanted to learn the language. I've always seen myself traveling a lot and doing a little bit more meaningful and open-minded things. Also, I really wanted to be somewhere where there is a lot of multicultures. So London really fit into that place. And yeah, I moved here. It was my first flight ever moving to London. It was scary. I mean, I was really excited to fly. I was like, oh my God. And I had 70 pounds in my pocket. I didn't know anyone. And by the age of 25, I really started my own business. So anything is possible. And I really don't have, uh, I don't come from wealthy background or anything like that. So I hope sharing a little bit of my story and where I'm at in COVID, I can maybe inspire some of the listeners into believing in themselves and yeah, make things happen. Okay, so I want to kind of jump into this a little bit because I feel like you really just brushed over that. Like, okay, you're 18, you're living in Poland, and you are sort of seeing that the environment you're in isn't really going to serve you in a way that 
will fulfill you or bring you that sense of purpose and passion. And I think that 18 is a really young age to sort of realize that at. So what was that process of being like, okay, this isn't going to work for me. I need to make a bold move. Like, how did you come to the conclusion that London was the place you were going to go? This was the plan and this is what you were going to do. You know, I think it was almost not having a choice. And it was almost like fight and flight. That was my body and my mind protecting myself from feather traumas or feeding a lot of negativity into my life. So in some ways, the harder your life is when you're younger, I guess the more drive you have to make change. I, as a child as well, I buried my anger and frustration and emotion. I wasn't allowed to express any feelings. I just had to be certain way, believe in certain things. It was like good or bad. There was nothing in between in my upbringing. So I think that uh, buried anger within me was that drive to make change. I think anger is a beautiful emotion. And with time, I learned to respect it. And it's such a good teacher and indicator for change. And in my case, that was something that gave me a lot of courage into moving elsewhere. And I think, yeah, I just needed to fly. I just needed to fly off. Um, but going a little bit further, further. <laughs> that's here where uh, my English just start to rumble. <laughs> I'm like, let's talk about emotions. <laughs> okay, so when I was 16, um, I taken drugs for the first time and I'm like, I don't take drugs or anything. And I had a really bad episode. And since that, because of it, um, I had a therapy, which was really life-saving. I think I had like a crisis as a teenager. I didn't realize that the environment I was growing up with was very toxic and very traumatic. So yeah, having therapy at that young age and being made to have the therapy at that age, young age was really life-saving. It really opened up my mind. And I started to question things. I remember my therapist to, who said to me, and she's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I'm fine. What do you mean? And she's like, no, but like, what is the emotion you feel? I'm like, what is emotion? <laughs> I literally grow up in an environment where all of that, the self-discovery, self-growth, it was so unexistent. So yeah, I think, I suppose because of that traumatic experience as a 16-year-old, it was like a domino effect into self-growth. It really opened up my mind. It really, I started regular therapy from there and it really encouraged. I was like, hold on, I really don't want to leave the life I'm living now. I'm really unhappy. I was a really depressed child and I was really deprived from using my voice. So yeah, the need of freedom was what drove me into moving somewhere where I, I saw freedom. When you look at London, it's so like bubbly and lively. You can do anything here. So yeah, that was probably the reason why I decided to come here. Wow, that's really incredible. And then what led you from that place into yoga and creating sort of this whole career around that? Oh, this is a great story. My first yoga class I've ever taken was brilliant. Um, and I remember 
talking to one of my aunts. It was in London. And I talked to one of my aunties about taking yoga class and how much I loved it and enjoyed it. And she's so super strict Catholic. That's the environment I was brought up in. And she was like, you can't do that. This is an evil practice that Satan will step into. It's, <laughs> it's a so cult. Run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, no. So she scared me so much. She basically said, if you'll carry on doing yoga, you probably will end up in hell. I was like, right, I'm out. I'm never doing that again. No I take way. it back. I take it back. Bad decision. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> I don't want to take any risks. <laughs> so out. And then a um, few more years later, uh, after working on myself, I'm kind of opening my mind a little bit more and learning that hmm, maybe there is no hell. And all those little bits you learn when you're growing up. You're um, like, wait, I'm allowed to have my own opinions about <laughs> stuff? This is weird. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, what if the things I've been taught are not true? You're like, what? My whole world is like expanding and as well blowing up at the same time um so a few years later I was working a pub and I felt really anxious and really depressed I had a really traumatic event happening to me and yeah I couldn't cope really well I think I was 22 21 maybe I can't really remember and one of my friends was like Martina you have to come to, to the gym with me I was like oh no I felt so embarrassed and insecure like I was like I, I definitely cannot and he's like you have to you have to you have to so he dragged me in and I really enjoyed it I was like I feel so great I just spent like half an hour on treadmill and like pretending I'm doing some exercises so I signed up to the gym and they had a really good yoga class there with my first teacher, Maurizio, and he was just brilliant. He still is like very spiritual as well, interested in astrology. And like he, he told me all about ego and all those things. And I just felt so good. And I started to go to yoga class once a week, every Tuesday. And Tuesday was like the holy day for me. It was my new Sunday. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I've always taken Dante off. And it was like my ritual and my sanctuary. And no matter what happened during the week, I knew I had my Tuesday and there is this class. And I, it, it just felt so grounding. And gradually I started to watch myself become a better person. I started to pay attention to all the like social issues, environmental issues. You know, my world expand from like me focused to us focused as a community. Yeah, I just started to question more things. I felt a lot more grounded that like teenage dramatic self was started to calm down and I was more with my emotion, less reactive and a nicer person. And suddenly I realized I'm surrounding myself with better people, with better friends. I made friends, like proper friends, just because of yoga. I went to one of the retreats. I spent all my money to go to retreat. And that when it hit me, this is what I need to be doing in life. Because the connection I've made on that retreat, I've made people who were brave to be vulnerable and talk about their emotions and just really open and kind, loving people. And I was like, oh, I think that's the environment I need to get into because 
I just loved it. It was such a transformation for my soul. That's absolutely beautiful. And it's, it is truly incredible. I think when we think about, I don't know, I think people think like, oh, yoga class, like you're just sitting around stretching for an hour. What's the big deal? And then all of us are here like, oh my God, it changed my life. And I think there's this misconception that people think we're just making it up where they're like, there's no way. So I really, I really appreciate you sort of shedding some light, I guess, on the reality of how impactful that could be, because I'm sure like people listen to me talk about it all the time, but I'm a yoga teacher. So it's like, well, she's just saying that because she wants us to come to her yoga class. But I'm bias. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would just say to all the listeners, the flexibility and strength is a side effect of the yoga practice. The real effects really happen off the mat. And I don't know a person who is a practitioner and won't say, wow, it really changed my mind and my relationships because you do change your relationship with yourself. So automatically that translates for your relationships with others, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, how your relationship with yourself, I guess, has transformed over the course of the past 10 years. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Period and, and sentence. <laughs> done. <laughs> It's been very up and down for sure. I have a lot of things I need to work on. But yeah, working towards being a little bit more compassionate about towards yourself um, has been a really, really great journey. Like I still definitely have days when I beat myself up and I think I'm not enough. We all do. But I have now my toolbox of like, practices that I can kind of work around those thoughts you know and yeah I just I find like yoga really helped me create space between the thoughts of uh, self-worthiness so when I bring myself down I still do it but way less I think pre-yoga I would probably do it all day every day and with yoga sometimes I do it once a month once a week, once every two months, you know? So the space between the thoughts and between the feeling of self-hate is a little bit bigger. It still happens, but the gap in between the moments when I feel really unworthy, it's much bigger. Yeah, and just having the proper techniques, I think, to pull yourself out of that. I don't know if you can relate to this, but certainly if I think back to where I was at 10 years ago, And I would find myself in those situations where I'm really unsatisfied with what I'm doing or how I feel about myself. I would stay in that place. And just, it was like a downward spiral where it's like self-loathing turns into bad decisions, turns into more self-loathing and so on and so on. And I was unable to sort of have that third party perspective where I could pull myself out of that. Whereas now with yoga and the tools that I've learned through the physical practice, but also just the philosophies of yoga it's like, okay, oh, wait, I'm having this thought. Let me observe where is this thought coming from? And I have that ability to sort of pull myself out of my feelings and my thoughts and view it almost from this like neutral third party perspective to be like, okay, just because I'm thinking this thing doesn't mean it's true. What can I choose to think instead? Or what tools do I have to help sort of pull myself out of this? Would you agree? Totally. And I think the more we practice those techniques, the faster they come into our hands, you know, from our toolbox. I find it's the same thing 
if you practice like warrior two, let's say you have the alignment and there's so many cues where your feet meant to be, where your hips that need to decide a little bit, don't drop it inwards, pull the belly in, tag the pelvic plan, all those things. And people like, oh gosh, this is so hard. But with time, your muscles just remember and they just get into that position, right? With practice and same that whole philosophy of yoga and the mental practices with time, it just clicks straight away. Like maybe in the past, you would waste a week crying over one bad comment or podcast review or something yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> you know, and now I think we can, we're draw much, much faster and be like, this is not me, this is them, I know my worth, I know who I am and ground ourselves in the moment just because of that regular practice of it. It just comes really handy in a crisis, I think. For sure, that's wonderful. What would you say has been one of your biggest challenges or struggles in this journey? It's hard not to say the pandemic. (laughs) And that's okay if that's your answer. I mean, I feel like we're all sort of... Regardless whether you're a yoga teacher or whatever you do, it's been a very hard time for pretty much everyone. Definitely. Um, Pandemic and taking time to rest. These were like the biggest obstacles. I think, gosh, to allow myself to take day off without having anxiety and panic attack that I'm not doing something because... I'm just fed the idea that if I rest, I'm just worthless, you know. Um, This has been very, very challenging, especially being self-employed yoga teacher. And I know a lot of yoga teachers can relate because we obviously don't work eight hours a day. So whenever you have the gaps, you feel like you need to fill them with doing anything else, like building your newsletters, anything else there might be, or do your research, whatever that is, you'll just fill your hands instead of actually just taking time, rest, digest, and breathe. We are very eager into working all the time. Yeah. And obviously with the pandemic, the whole shift into going online has been amazing. I feel like I've connected with so many students I haven't seen for so long or who lived in different countries, different continents. But at the same time, it was very painful. Like watch your whole business fall apart. I've lost a lot of clients because of it. Lots of events that I meant to be part of didn't happen. I thought my whole career is gone. I thought my whole career has fallen apart. This is it. What a tragic, (laughs) I literally just, I was thinking that, uh, that was like the irrational mind and I knew everything will be fine at the end and I will learn a lot from it, but I couldn't help but feel like everything is just falling apart. Exactly. And I feel like in that circumstance, you don't have control over the situation. So that's what makes it so much harder because it's not like, oh, I made this one bad business decision and now like all my clients hate me or something. It's like, I literally can't control the fact that there is a global pandemic and it's destroying my, like everything that I've built or created or worked towards, right? So it's a very helpless feeling and we can have all of the tools and mindset work at our fingertips, but it's not going to change the fact that the reality of the situation is something that we can't control. Definitely. That was like the part, the moment of my life where I felt I have the tools, 
and nothing works. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, nothing works. It was just such a challenge to actually make the yoga practice. Like that was a big test. You had to really disattach and let go and have a faith and just close your eyes and breathe. That was like, and it wasn't easy. And it's still not easy until this day. I previously to pandemic, I was like doing retreats, courses, I was renting space, I had all this money prepaid for the courses and for retreats. And suddenly as this happened, I had to cancel everything, give all the money back. And, you know, I, I, I really thrive from um, that fulfillment of connecting with people and serving people and I was like well how am I gonna do everything online it just felt like such an impossible task that's why it really felt the life is over but again it's amazing as a humans we can really adapt to any situations we're in it took us only a couple of weeks we all were online we all were sorted all the schedules were ready I was like this is amazing and I really think when we know situation is good we do great. When we know situation is bad, we can easily adapt. We do great. But the uncertainty is the hardest part. And I think the moment where as a human, we're just not meant to be. We can't cope in uncertain time. Like, okay, what's happening now? What my future looks like? It's like, it really drives us crazy. And it's like a ongoing fight and flight mode that doesn't really know if it should be on the highest level can I drop now it's like we constantly have to be like aware that yeah we don't know what's gonna happen now yeah and so obviously that's something I can relate to I work in the same industry as you and I've been there right alongside you through this but I'm curious to know what sort of tools or techniques you've used to create those boundaries for yourself because it can be really easy to be on, like you said, one end of the spectrum or the other, where I'm constantly like waiting for them to announce what's happening next. Or I'm just like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to be sitting on my couch. If anyone needs me, call me when the pandemic's over. So how do you sort of find that boundary between the two? Because you talked a little bit earlier about this idea of constantly feeling this guilt of like, if I'm not working, I'm not being productive. And like, that's on me. So I'm curious to know sort of how you create that balance for yourself. So since the pandemic, I really learned how to rest. I just like made myself like, okay, this is my day off the end. And at first it was a struggle because I keep filling my day with like things to do and stuff. So then I notice I keep repeating the same pattern. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I add on to my list to do, to not do anything for four hours. And it started like that. And slowly my brain started to enjoy it more. And another thing I really incorporated to my life, it, I now structure my days and weeks by having to do like my work, then my tasks, whatever that is, like res adults' responsibilities, I guess, and play. And it has to be equal. Uh, and the play is something nothing to do with my job. So as much as I love yoga and it used to was my hobby because now it's also my job, I need to find something else that it's play that gets me out of control, that my kind of, um, yeah, comfort zone a little bit, like learning how to skateboard. It's not a very comfortable thing, but it's very playful. It's very childlike. So this has been very rewarding, very difficult. 
but um yeah I've really enjoyed that and now as the studio reopened here in London I'm like I really want my days off back I'm not giving those back and I feel so much more balanced and I think start the pandemic I was like I'm done this there's no way I will survive it and still be yoga teacher still be self-employed like I was like this is the end of my career this is how it really felt it and, just started and here I am <laughs> and I'm like it's so not so it really like reconfirms like you just have to have faith in the universe and you know through the whole year of pandemic I there were some cool things happening but also I keep feeling like I'm not progressing despite doing lots of online trainings and other things like that I just felt like I didn't feel the same way like before like progress before as a self-employed person was like getting more clients, more jobs in the studios, more people in your class and more retreats, retreats filled up and all these like cool things you can do in person. And now I didn't know how to measure my success other than looking into my finances. That's been terrible throughout the pandemic. So I just been feeling like oh, I'm not doing any work. And what I didn't see I did was I've built up some really cool friendships and communities. And I really like support teachers one another and actually because of it me thinking oh, I haven't done anything I haven't grown last week I told the class for a studio um that it's like number one in London and probably in Europe and I thought I'll teach them like maybe five years time or something like that and it happened just yeah, last week only because I've built such a great relationship with the teachers from that studio and we all supported one another and you build you would build this cute little community and I was like oh my gosh all that time sometimes you don't see you building something but it's there and another part what I like to compare it with and I feel like the <laughs> pandemic people very relate throughout the pandemic I think we all got a new plant right we yeah. can be like yeah we've done it or we try to grow tomatoes or something like that and like, you know, you like look after that plan, you plan, you don't really know what you're doing and you like water it, feed it. And there is like nothing and nothing and nothing. And you really can't rush that plan to grow. You can do all the good things, but this plant will grow whenever it wants to or whenever it's ready. So sometimes you might try and try and try in your job and nothing blooms. And then one day you just go there, you look at it and it's like, gorgeous little green thing popping you know and you're like oh my god I made it so same with your business I think you can't rush anything everything will come when it's meant to come when it's ready you know all you can do is to like keep showing up keep trying and keep being yourself for sure and I think also what you touched on already this idea of finding different markers of success like that's something that I talk about a lot with clients that I work with is okay if we can take away the money or the fancy title, what would success feel like to you? Like, what would you have to achieve for you to feel like you are successful? And I think community is a great example. Finding a sense of purpose and like a reason to wake up excited every day is another one. Do you have anything else that you would say would define your version of success that perhaps you've learned from the pandemic and sort of having to create that other marker for yourself? totally um I was actually thinking about it this morning 
And I remember that throughout the pandemic, one of my students, she sent me a letter saying that my classes were very helpful for her. She almost got divorced throughout the pandemic. She was in a crisis with her husband and attending my classes really ground her down and brought the light to her life and all of this gorgeous word that I still can't believe. I've got this huge like handwritten letter in my house. And this morning, as I was thinking about it, another student that came to my class yesterday, she sent me this gorgeous, huge message of like, she loved the class yesterday and it means so much for her. She really struggles. And that is amazing. Like, honestly, no money can beat that. Um, I just, I love seeing people feeling good about themselves and kind of making the cool domino effect. You know, you mentioned before that like uh, the negative thoughts can cause you behaviors and then relationship. I like to do it in that reverse world, you know? Yeah. I sometimes, I think we don't spend enough time of thinking of how many people watch us and get inspired by us. Or sometimes I think, and I'm trying to be better at it, but um, you go to your clients, you make them laugh, you help them, you ground them, you calm them, you give them your techniques, and they feel great after the class. And then maybe their child will do something annoying, right? And they, because they had that class and they feel better about themselves, they're not going to snap at them. They will have more compassion. And I feel like it's such a shame we don't observe that chain of good things that happen post our actions. But I'm sure there is the huge things that because of the service uh, we give to people, yoga teaching, and I'm sure in other industries and businesses is the same. Like it just creates more love and compassion, I hope. That's what that's how I like to imagine it. I always think of like, maybe I don't even know what I caused today, but maybe I prevented something as well. Maybe I prevented another parent snapping at their child. God knows, you know. I like to like fantasize about my uh, like imaginary reward. <laughs> yeah, I am the best and I am creating waves of positivity everywhere I go. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I like to, <laughs> that's what I like to think of. <laughs> I love that. And that honestly can be super motivating. I think, especially in the times where you're just like, what is the point of me even doing this? Does my work matter? And it's like, you know what, there's someone out there. And I know I do this, especially with like showing up on social media, because we've all been staring at our computers for like 14 months now, and we're really over it. And it's like, okay, I need to show up because there's someone out there that needs to hear this thing that I've been thinking about or this message that I feel compelled to share, there's going to be someone out there that it speaks to, regardless of whether or not they reply to my story and tell me that. Like, I know that there has to be someone out there that needs to hear this message because I'm a big believer that like the thoughts that come to us come to us for a reason. And we are sort of just the messenger who needs to sort of send that out into the world. Does that make sense? I love that. I completely agree. I think our subconscious mind always sends us like the memory or something that maybe we forgot about because we're ready to process or ready to share. And I think everything that happens in life makes sense and has purpose when you turn it into human experience. And what's been very helpful and healing for my clients and my friends and myself is to 
hear about other people's struggles and pains and anxieties and difficulties and just knowing like being the comforter and the statement of like you not alone can really heal someone else and the work we do on ourselves will heal someone else and the work we do to share our stories and to be brave to share them and very vulnerable to share them I think oh it it definitely has got that wave effect on other people 100% because I know whenever I hear people speaking up about like their difficult parts of life I find a lot of comfort in that Mm -hmm. And what a privilege it is to live in a world where we have the ability and the capacity to do that, whether it's through Instagram or our yoga classes or whatever that is. I think that that's an incredible opportunity as well. I completely agree. We have like the freedom of speech and all the platforms where we can share those things to so many people all over the world, right? We can really make a difference. Absolutely. So I would be curious to know what advice you have for someone who is a millennial, who's a little bit afraid to sort of take that step forward, because I think it can be intimidating. And I'm not saying that everyone who listens to this podcast has to go out and like air their dirty laundry on the internet. But I think that a lot of people who listen to this podcast have this message on their heart or this thing that they're passionate about and they don't know how to take that first step in that direction, would you have advice for someone who's in that position? 100%. Here we go. Buckle up, everybody. (laughs) I'm like, I think I have like 25 (laughs) of these. And now we go into the three-hour segment of the episode. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, first of all, I think we definitely need more passionate people doing what they really love because it just creates, again, like a chain and domino effect of other people feeling inspired by them and doing other things they maybe weren't even brave to dream of. And I feel like if you're in a privileged situation where you can even dream about something, you should definitely do it. Because there are people that don't even know that they could achieve something, you know. They, we are very privileged. And I remember reading, um, I once read that if your brain is able to dream something, that means you're capable of doing something. So our brain would never dream of something that you cannot do. Like, I don't dream being an astronaut, right? Like, I could not do that job. So if you dream it, you're ready to do it. Then another one, don't rush anything that should last forever, that you want to last forever. And it goes to yoga practice and your life. I really think if you're really convinced that this is something you want to do, take your time. There is no rush. Sometimes the slower the beginning, the stronger the future. Like this say, um, there is this saying that I love, the strongest trees in the forest grow the slowest, right? So don't feel just because everyone else does something, you have to have it figured out now and get it done now. Sometimes it's not the best indicator to really put yourself out there. And another one will be definitely do it. If you're thinking about it, if it's so much on your mind, I would say go for it. And as well, what's important for me, to say 
um, and it was really helpful, I think, for me to think about it that's that way. 50% of things you do will work and 50 won't. But you don't know which 50 won't work and you need the full 100% to, to create whatever you're creating. I actually once read that like um, there was a study done on advertising companies like maybe 10, 15 years ago. And they said that 50% of the adverts work, but 50 don't, but they still need the full 100%. Uh, pretend because you don't know which one won't work so don't get disheartened if things don't happen they it's very normal like I definitely made huge mistakes but I've learned from them a lot and I'm still here and another thing would be one more thing don't be afraid to invest in yourself you're not meant to know everything. There are people that can help you things you can learn from others there are courses out there like I didn't know what I'm doing when I turned self-employed. I just knew I had to do it. I was on the edge. I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Dot. <laughs> I was like, the end. And as I go, I learn. I have a really good intuition. But um, yeah, I've learned so much on the way, you know. I think Pat reveals itself as you're on it, not before you step into it. it things really start to unravel as you start doing whatever you you want to do yeah and that's so so important that you mention it requires you having sort of that bravery and willingness to take that first step because I think that there's this misconception especially with you know Instagram the internet we see everyone's picture perfect life laid out like oh Martina has it all figured out because look at her she's a successful yoga teacher blah 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 it must be easy for her and it's like no, I had to make that really uncomfortable, scary first step to let that path sort of lay its way out for me. It's not just like someone knocked on my door and said, would you like to run a successful yoga business? And I was like, yeah, sign me up. Let's go. So it does require a lot of facing your fears, that uncomfortable action, sort of figuring it out along the way. Like you said, some stuff you think is going to work doesn't. And then you're stuck there being like, okay, well, how can I pivot? How can I make this change to make it work for me. So having that understanding that there's going to be discomfort in pursuit of the things that you desire. Definitely. And I would say never stop learning. And not only, for instance, if you're planning to be a yoga teacher, obviously you need to learn a lot about yoga and anatomy and the spiritual aspects, but the sooner you dive in within the self and unfold your traumas break through through your triggers you will have clients that will trigger you and the sooner you realize what type triggers you the better for you because you won't react to them you know you will have that amount of compassion and understanding what's happening so definitely work on yourself doesn't matter what profession you're choosing and learn about your community what are the problems there you know I would say what really really helped me and I think the last year I just learned a lot about the human brain the human body because now I have a lot more compassion if I have response to something and I'm like oh my god you're such a horrible person to think that then I'm like hold on a second this is happening in my brain my brain, the information went through this part of the brain. So I'm just in my fight and flight mode, you know, it just like, and I'm like, okay, it's not me. It's just my brain. It's modeled like that. And I really find it very helpful. Same with your body. If you 
if you yeah learn about your environment your body and your communities all the problems issues and yeah maybe you can incorporate that in your work as well you know be helpful be at service to others yeah and if you can lead from this place of service of rather than what's in it for me what how can i show up to help others i think that that makes all the difference as well definitely it makes it a lot more fulfilling place and yeah do you know what whenever I focus on the finance side of my um, teachings and my job it always ended badly I would always like lose the client or something would have happened and it was a really great lesson Um, I've always been myself up for not being very like money having very strong money mindset I just do things because I enjoy them and I'm like genuine about helping others and then I was like maybe that's wrong I've seen other people telling other people that they need to focus more on money so I'm like I should try that and I did and I hated it and it works for some and it's not a bad thing money is exchange of energy but for me the I I actually earn more when I'm like really caring and I really love people and I really have someone to help and when I really tap in with what they need they need from me and I'm yeah really in tune with myself as well you know so yeah I would say be in service for others as well another thing I was thinking about it have you ever heard anyone at like you know have you have the stories on the internet that like few things that people regret on the deathbed or like you know all this stuff. yeah exactly <laughs> no one ever says oh I wish I made that 1,000 more (laughs) that month, you know, or no one ever says like, I wish I never turned self-employed. I literally don't know a person that turned, like they quit their job and um, turned self-employed and regrets it now. Like it can be hard, but we still love it. And doesn't matter what's going to happen. If you turn self-employed and then you're like, okay, fine, this is not for me you're going to go back to your corporate job or whatever that is, you'll still come out richer, like richer and being like independent, confident yourself. Like it's really empowering experience. Not everyone has to do it, but if you're thinking about it, I would say definitely do it because you will just come out richer from it. A hundred percent. I really appreciate you saying that. Cause that's something I, I always had that mentality when I left my nine to five job, I was like, you know what? I don't know if self-employment is for me. I don't think I'm cut out to be an entrepreneur, but if it doesn't work, there's a million other jobs out there. So I'll just go find another one. And I think having that perspective and that willingness to just try and understand that, like your whole world isn't going to explode. If you try something new and it doesn't work, you have the opportunity to come back to what you were doing or to find something similar to what you know and what you're skilled at. Like, I think there's almost this perspective that if we change something in our life and it doesn't work, our whole life is going to end. And it's just like, you are a person with so much to offer and so many skills and so much experience that something that is meant for you will unfold. It might just not happen in the way that you anticipate it to. Definitely. And I remember um, when I quit my job, I was like, I really need a break. I really want to go on holiday. (laughs) And there was someone, I was like, I need to rest. I was like working really hard. I was managing 
I was managing pad before I did a um, before I became a yoga teacher. And I've always as well thought I was like, how disconnect me working in a pub and then being yoga teacher, I'm start starting from nothing. And then turns out I had so many skills that I gained from my pub job, like the way I speak to my people, my clients, you know, like the humbleness, the being in service. It was incredible. I thought I'm coming out of this like hospitality, having no skills. And then I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Sometimes I think like we had a warm yoga teacher in one of our studios and she was really unpleasant to the clients. And I was like, oh my God, thank God for my hospitality um, skills. I put up with so much. Now I can, I'm like, this is lovely compared to what I had to deal with in a pub. So it's been a great experience. And I remember leaving the pub I was really anxious about going away. And uh, one of my clients said to me, Martina, your brain will make you make money. Like, don't you worry. Like you've literally wired the way. So you, your brain won't let you die. You will survive. Just go on the holiday and enjoy yourself. And I was like, okay, maybe she's onto something. And it re it's really true. Like trust yourself. Unless you're someone that maybe has got like some traumas and sabotages it's, itself all the time, a different story. But if you don't have like, if, you, if you're not naturally sabotaging your life, your brain will help you figure it out. Just have the faith. And I remember being on that holiday and getting an email asking if I could do like corporate class at someone. I was like, woohoo! <laughs> I was really pleased. So yeah, just always follow your gut and trust yourself. And your brain will let you survive. That's the message I want you to take off from here. Yeah. And I always use the example of like, if it's helpful, grab a pen and paper and write down past experiences where you've proven yourself that that's true. Because I know when I left my nine to five job, same thing. I have this fear, like, how am I going to make any money? I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And then I think to myself, like, has that ever actually happened to me in my life? No. When I needed money, I went and found another job or did this or did that. And it all worked out in the end. So like physically writing that down on paper sometimes so that we can see it sort of validates it in our mind, I think, to be like, okay, I'm capable of doing this thing. And here's the examples of a time when I proved that to myself. Definitely. It makes it really real. It's actually something I'm doing right now. I'm putting like, I have like four columns, I think. And one of them is uh, the negative thought. And let's say that will be Daniel's dog doesn't like me. And then the second column would have been what is, um, what is something that proves that, that that thought is truth. And that would be the dog didn't look at me once. And then I would be like, what's the reality of the situation? I'm like, I'm on a Zoom. The dog has never met me. And then like my feelings about it. Uh, and I would, you know, and it's kind of like really nice and grounding technique. So whenever you have any thought of I'm not good enough to do this job, then write it down and write things that are proving that you're right and proving that you're wrong. And then just look at them and you're like, okay, that's just like my irrational mind. This is my rational state and just bring yourself down to earth. And I would say, if you're struggling to find out what it is you love or you're good at, ask your friends, ask your family as well. Write that down, write down things you think you're good at. If you're struggling, ask your friends and then ask, then write down things you would like to do. And like, 
in that nice mixture and a combo. That's what I did. And that nice mixture and combo all kind of like shrinking into yoga teacher. So I highly recommend doing practices like that. Yeah, writing down is powerful. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. And I'm sure that the listeners do. I also like to sometimes I'll post like one of those question boxes on Instagram and just ask people like, what are three words that you think of when you think of me? And that sort of can start to spitball that so that you like, if you're having trouble getting the ball rolling, it's like, oh, okay, I'm inspirational or whatever those people have to say about me. So I appreciate that exercise though. I think that's really, really helpful. I would love to know where people can connect with you outside of here. Uh, you can find me on Instagram is at Martina Borek Yoga. It's the longest. I'll link it in Instagram the description. Name. <laughs> Thanks. And what are you currently working on? Trying, trying to stay alive in the pandemic. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I'm currently working on myself. I've been in a mindset for a long time of having to achieve things and deadlines. By this time, I want to have four retreats and I want to do a retreat in Sri Lanka and there. Now I'm like, do you know what? Let it be. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm working on taking time off when I need to, listening to my body, breaking down through my like patterns and traumas. And I think very often in all the industries these are such a unvalid things um if we have time i would just say one more thing yeah perfect so this morning i followed a coach i don't know who she is she lives in london i just saw her doing podcasts with some really cool yoga teachers from london so i followed her and she sent me a message and she said something, she, we started talking and she asked me like, oh, what are your ideal clients? I told her, uh, she said, that sounds great. And then she was like, oh, what are your finance like, goals? I told her and then she was like, okay, but what are your financial goals? I was like, to be honest, I don't really focus on that at the moment. Pandemic has been so hard, it's been so up and down. I really want to let it flow. And hopefully from 2022, I will have more of idea. I enjoy, just let it be for now. Um, and she said, but you know, so many people turn that pandemic into success and into money. And I just felt like, fair enough. And that's great for some people. But I think it's just like a small bunch and I'm really happy for them. Good for them. But then we forget that so many people are struggling so much and I'm grateful that they are surviving it and they anxious because they might have asthma, all this, all their people that are not in that probably 2% that has been really successful through a pandemic. Let's don't forget that. And money is not the biggest indicator. Tough, times are really tough. So if you need to not concentrate on that because it makes you really upset and there is not much you can actually change in a moment, that's fine too. This is not the biggest goal or success to have. You know, sometimes the underground work you will do will have um, like bigger fruits than the money from this year, I suppose. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I think the inward work can also fruit one day. It's not only focusing about those like the Excel spreadsheets and how much we're making. Exactly. And just understanding that, like you said, 
what's true for someone else's journey doesn't have to be replicated in yours. So if I want to make a million dollars, that doesn't have to be your truth as well. And understanding that it's, it is a hard time for everyone right now. And nobody expects you to come out being like, the pandemic was awesome. My life is great because of it. So (laughs) it's okay to allow yourself that opportunity to just be, if that's all you can do right now. So Thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and chat with me. This was great conversation and I'm very excited for everyone to reach out and give you their feedback. So message Martina on Instagram once you start following her and just say hello. She won't bite. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much. So nice to chat to you and I'm glad I met your dog and I will have to do my (laughs) CBT exercises (laughs) around my relationship with your dog. (laughs) I love it. We'll talk again soon. Lots of love. Well, my friends, that pretty much wraps up the interview. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I really appreciate Martina's openness and honesty sharing her struggles, not only about the pandemic, but the life that led her to yoga and just so many important lessons that she's learned along the way. I think that regardless of whether just the last 14 months have been really hard for you or if you've been struggling for maybe longer than that, It's always reassuring, in my opinion, to hear stories from other people who on the outside might seem like they have it all together and to just know that we're all just trying to figure out how to do life along the way and none of us really have it figured out. So I hope that this episode was helpful and like I mentioned in the interview, Martina would love, love, love it if you reached out to her on Instagram and just said hello. Her and I are both huge advocates for, you know, creating that community, especially in the digital world that we live in. So I'm sure that she would love to hear from you. And I would love to hear from you as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to me, let me know, or feel free to hop on iTunes and leave this episode or this podcast rather a rating or review that is so, so appreciated in helping me to get my message out to more and more people. So I appreciate you for showing up. And I will talk to you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you get notified when new episodes go live. Make sure to rate and review this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends. I'll talk with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much.